0: Peoples of the Earth, please attend carefully. My name is Emma Foster, and joining me as always is Mr. Mike Mould for the Great Show of the Galaxy podcast. How are you, sir?
1: I am Michael Mould, and you will obey me.
0: Hang on a minute, that isn't in the terms and conditions of this podcast. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Well, I might take your suggestions. And anyway, today, you may have guessed from our quote fest at the beginning, we are going to talk about the Doctor versus the Master. So we're going mm. to talk about a bit about the history of the Master and his battles with the Doctor. So, Mike, why don't you kick us off to start with and we'll talk a little bit about how the Master was originally conceived. Um, well, it was
1: going uh, obviously, first turned up in uh, John Pertwee's time, um, the creative team came up with them as a sort of like, um, if you will, it's like a Professor Moriarty to the Doctor Sherlock Holmes. Um, mm-hmm. they chose the name, um, because, like the Doctor, it was, uh, a title conferred by an academic degree. Uh, Barry Letts always had Roger Delgado in the mind of the role and so it was cast and, um, Delgado himself had actually had a few attempts, I think, to try and get onto the show. Mm-hmm. Um, And obviously he'd already had, (laughs) Roger Delgado was unfortunately a bit of a typecast, he was typecast as villains, um, but...
0: You know, look at the man, I mean, you know, he he just, he's, he (laughs) is sort of the classic sort of swarthy villain, isn't he? Mm,
1: Yeah, Um, but obviously having worked with Barry Letts previously and being friend of uh, John Pertwee, you know, it was pretty much the first and only choice. Um so he first appeared in Terror of the Autons from
2: 1971.
0: Mhm. Um it's it, it's quite strange because he appears in all of what we come to know as season 8. He's mm. in every episode and um I I think that really um it's quite it was quite an odd choice actually. Um I mean we'll come on to sort of how the master sort of um it sort of goes on in the future when we get to the post 2005 uh, series mm. but um yeah you get the impression that they sort of wanted to inject kind of a new feeling into the show um mm. sort of get away from kind of the the action serial type thing and kind of make it a bit more mysterious again and so introduce i mean a, 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 this adversary for the doctor sort of make it a more regular thing that wasn't a b.e.m or a bug Eye monster mm. um so, I mean, the 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 master is quite a mysterious character, and that sort of comes across straight from Terror of the Autons. I mean, it's from from the beginning of the story. I mean, the first time we see him, he's basically swanning around like he owns the place already, um, sort of talking down his uh, talking uh, looking down his nose at uh, your man in the fair and instantly. Sort of having him under his control, just that will, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's straight away you go. This man is not to be trifled with. I mean, he's he's he sort of conveys and exudes kind of dangerousness, mm. really. Um, I think that I'm going to put this out there straight away. I think that Roger Delgado is probably my favourite master. I am. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's. Um, <laughs> it's one of the things that when I. <laughs> When you watch him in the episode, when when you watch him in the show, Mm. um, you can't help but love him a bit. I think he's he's kind of he's a bastard. Let's not (laughs) beat around the bush, but he's so kind of charming with it. Mm. And also, I think with Roger Delgado, I mean, he's a handsome older man as well. I can't help but have a bit of a crush on him when he's on the screen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he he is very magnetic. Um, It's it's the sort of thing as we move on to Anthony Aileen's time, that you get the impression that we're trying to sort of like emulate Roger Delgado, but they never really made it. But
0: um... yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they radically step away from that after mm. it sort of in the later, se- in later series. But um, yeah, they never seem to really get that kind of mixture of being suave and charming, but also really tr- being a true sociopath, mm. which the master is. He's yeah. not, um, he will kill you if it suits his needs to do so, but he's not going to do it for nothing, essentially. But he, he truly only cares about what he wants.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. and But as well, I think um, what he actually does want is quite interesting and mysterious because they bring that in with sort of his relationship with the doctor. Mm. So, I mean, from the beginning, he clearly, they clearly, they know each other. Mm. Uh, obviously a lot of water has passed under the bridge between them. And that's kind of apparent from the beginning, I think.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting.
0: Um,
1: with it. And uh, because the doctor is alerted to the master's presence by another time Lord who shows mm. up and, um,
0: Oh, I love that conversation, by the way. Just a sidebar there, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's and it's very interesting that the Doctor recognises recognizes him by that name. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, w- what always sort of interests me about the end of Terror of the Autons... Is the Doctor's almost kind of gleeful that uh, he's going to be bumping into the Master again? Like... Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's like finally I can have something to do round here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is the thing that the this this whole sort of dance between the Master and the Doctor
2: mm-hmm.
0: is something that they kind of they actually lay on quite thick when we get to the end of the John Sim run. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this sort of thing of they admire each other as adversaries. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of mutuals kind of gentleman's respect sort of thing between people who are nemesis is mm-hmm. um is I think the most clear here it it doesn't it's not hatred it's just clearly that they're they're the two sides of the same coin something mm-hmm. that again they emphasize a lot more post 2005 mm-hmm. but is is sort of not it's not as explicit here, I don't think, but I mm-hmm. think once you sort of get into dig into the character a bit more,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, it it's sort of more that um, yeah, they seem to find each other a challenge
2: mm-hmm.
0: in in a world in a universe really that doesn't really oppose them a lot of challenges. Yeah,
1: really. yeah. So it's it's more like a case of like the equals really, yeah, and everything else just sort of slightly beneath them. Yeah, you know, exactly.
0: I mean. Yeah, it's sort of like that one friend you've got who's good at video games and what they actually mean is they're good at kicking the shit out of their younger sibling Mm -hmm. on a video game. You actually, (laughs) someone who's going to challenge them, they don't like it. But with these two, it's it, you sort of, you know, with, with the doctor, especially because he's trapped on earth at this point,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: he can't just go off and do what he wants to do at willy nilly. So it's like, it's finally something Mm-hmm. Equal to my genius, which with with the third Doctor, uh, being I think probably one of the more arrogant incarnations, yeah. um, it certainly suits him.
1: Yeah.
0: And as Series Eight progresses, I think that um, the, the the Master's love for improbable disguises and aliases <laughs> comes out.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's always been the Master's sort of thing. I mean, obviously, when you get to sort of John Sim, that kind of goes out the window
0: yeah
1: well mm,
0: sort of not not not, obviously anagrams of the the, i am the master Mm -hmm. or the master in a different language (laughs) yeah he's not
1: wearing like masks or anything like that he's not pretending to be other people
0: yeah um i was gonna say that uh, this master i think that well this incarnation is always sort of the first in the dressing up box i think Mm -hmm. as a kid um (laughs) (laughs) because any excuse to put on a big cape or a gown or something he's Mm. all about it (laughs) demons yeah demons demons yeah i mean um actually i think the demons might be one of my favorite um delgado stories Mm. because it's sort of classic i am here to cause problems and then the thing that he's introduced to cause problems turns on him (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's never happened before
0: no that's never happened before um i think we should talk a little bit about sort of these weird motivation the weird motivation of the master hmm. in that he i mean as we see him here
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's he's there to seemingly just be annoying yeah it's yeah. just every everything the doctors again it's sort of the younger sibling analogy mm-hmm. he only wants to be there just to annoy the doctor seemingly <laughs> i mean if that means causing a world war <laughs> whatever, um, you know, summoning some sort of eldritch abomination. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Choking people with pla- evil plastic toys. It, it's just, it seems to be just to cause problems. It doesn't mm-hmm. really seem to be a means to an end.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't, I mean, even when, uh, when he first appears in Terror of the sons, we don't really know. He's just trying to help the nesting consciousness it's it's like I'm I'm trying to remember was there any sort of like
0: no it was end just to, for him Or was
1: he just doing it for
0: no like I mean there's no implication that the Nestines are compensating him in any way mm-hmm. or giving him something he needs yeah again it just seems to be this will annoy this person I used to know a lot <laughs> <laughs> and cause some problems yeah let's um let's do it
1: mm-hmm. I mean with like obviously the Master isn't the first renegade time obviously the Doctor is the renegade time but he's not the first renegade time what the doctor's gone up against obviously you have the meddling monk and the monk's thing was just kind of just like muck about with history even so it's not like he didn't really have much of an end game either but at least he had at least he seemed to have more of a a drive than the master but the master like you say is just there just to sort of mess shit up you know
0: it's... yeah just to i mean well i mean you could obviously because mm. we we need an antagonist to drive these stories mm. and to provide a reason why he's you know the doctor's there and joe's there and the rest of unit mm. um but when you're talking about it in story terms no it, there's really no rhyme or reason to it it's just because it amuses him mm. Do so because unless there's a lot that you have to infer going on behind the scenes, he really gets nothing else out of it. Mm. And being a sociopath, he's all about what do I get?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's uh... even even like trying to think ahead past series here. I mean, the frontier in space, he allied himself with the Daleks, and that was just like provoke like a war between Earth and the Draconians, and. Yeah, it's it's just it's just sort of like you know I, it's it's starting to sound like a bit of a cliche this time, but mm. when you when you say this, but uh, you know some people just want to watch the world burn.
0: Yeah, and I think truly that the master is like that. It just mm-hmm. seems to be how much chaos can I cause? Mm. And moving beyond that, if it wasn't for the fact that Roger Delgado died very suddenly and tragically in an accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, there would have been a, a finale for him, essentially revealing that they were brothers. Mm. So obviously, the sibling analogy kind of works there, yeah. Because you know, if you're in a sort of adversar- adversarial relationship with your brother, mm-hmm. and you just want to mess with his stuff, essentially, yeah. then the 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 action, his previous actions, kind make a kind of sense. Mm. But obviously. We never got to see that, so we just have to guess.
1: Yeah. Um. So
0: let's uh, let's move on to uh, the Deadly Assassin, where we see the Master looking somewhat more desiccated than before.
1: Yeah, I don't have to yours much. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. And it states there that he's at the end of his 13th and final life, mm. which is quite interesting because um, if we assume that not much time has passed between when he was the Delgado version, mm-hmm. it must have been that the Delgado Master was something like the 11th or 12th incarnation, mm-hmm. so he burned through his lives <laughs> yeah, pretty talk, quick. Yeah, you're talking about the doctor being killed with his regenerations, yeah. The, oh, do, the master is something else, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, but this to be this to one side, he basically is after a full life, he wants mm-hmm. another regeneration cycle and be brought back to uh to full and rude health, uh, which he conceives to do by <laughs> making the Doctor Manchurian candidate and assassinating the President of the Council of the Time Lords, which mm. sounds about right to me. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it, you know, if you're going to go big, you may as well go real big, I suppose. Well, um,
1: makes sense. Uh, you know, he's, he's on his last life, barely. So, yeah. you know, desperate times and all that. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I think well, we're going to get on to the novels later, but I'm not sure. Do any of the novels really cover what happens between...
1: Okay, I'm just looking on the TARDIS wiki here. Um, mm-hmm. It says, as of the story Legacy of the Daleks, uh, the master f- when finally went undercover on Earth following the 22nd century Dalek invasion and killed David Campbell, the husband of the Doctor's granddaughter, Susan. After being defeated by the Eighth Doctor, he fled in his TARDIS, taking Susan with him as a hostage unaware of her Gallifreyan heritage. As his TARDIS materialized on Tercerus, she used the TARDIS telepathic circus to attack him, forcing him out onto the planet's surface. She used his own tissue compression eliminator against him while he was holding the Dalek's transmuter. The blast severely deformed and nearly killed him. Uh, Okay. So, but I mean, again, it's sort of.
0: Well, I mean, the the canonicity of those things mm. is pretty dubious, and I think actually a lot of that that stuff, although extremely interesting,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and it, it is it, it's kind of been created to kind of hammer in, sort of fill in these holes, really. Mm. So you know you have to take those things with a pinch of salt. But I mean, you know, it's mm. as good an explanation as any. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So after shenanigans on Gallifrey, mm-hmm. um, it's off. To in, oh, it's off to the events of the Keeper of Trachan, mm. uh, where uh, Jeffrey Beavers, interestingly, played him in uh, the crunchy, uh, burnt form. Yeah. Um, Looking slightly uh, better, actually. I know it doesn't yeah, sound like much, but... Well, the makeup is better, I think, in mm. uh, the Jeffrey Beavers version, sorry. Um, and renews himself by taking over the body of Tremas, a scientist from Trachan. Guess um, what Tremas' name
1: is an anagram of...
0: Mm. Go on, have a guess. What an impenetrable mystery. I'm going to Mm. need a pen and paper to work that out. Um, Here's your
1: countdown conundrum.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the master nary nude is Anthony Ainley. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, if you haven't seen Anthony Ainley's version of the master, um, basically it's what we had before, but with a large dollop of cheese. (laughs) And ham. Yeah. (laughs) He's a cheese and ham toasty. Uh. (laughs) Ah,
1: Good Lord. I mean, um, th- this, is, this is the sort of thing I was like saying about the differences between Roger Delgado and Anthony Ainley. You know, at the end of Locopolis, when the master makes his demands to the universe, you know, the famous people of the universe, please tend carefully. If it comes from Roger Delgado's mouth, you believe it. You yes. believe it's such a time. But there's something about how inherently camp Anthony Ainley is as the master. It's just you it kind of can't take him entirely seriously.
0: Mm, also, I mean, you know? I think that um, what I would have liked, actually, um, mm. with the master in this guise is what you what you have to remember about Keeper of charken mm. is that Tremas is Nissa's dad. Yeah. So I would love to have seen something in a story where really the full horror of this man walking around in your dad's body... Mm-hmm. And his mind is erased, gone. It's been replaced by this thing, mm-hmm. essentially. I wish there had been more emphasis on kind of the horrific nature of that. Yeah. Because if I was Nissa and this thing was walking around in my dad's meat suit, <laughs> um, I would be displeased to say the least.
1: Yeah. But it's, it's sort of. I mean, I'm trying to remember did uh, Nissa. Well, I think she, well, she must have done, but. Um... I, don't, I can't remember there being much of a reaction to that.
0: No, it's just like, oh, okay. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just basically at the end of the story, he does his mar- trademarks or he, 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 master laugh. Mm-hmm. And um, after he's merged with Mass, mm-hmm. and then goes into that big grandfather clock, which is his TARDIS. Yeah. And goes and Nissa just comes and goes, where's my father? And that's it. Yeah. Hmm. The end. <sighs> Jeez. <laughs> so I mean, but unfortunately, I think that was that was kind of eighties Doctor Who. Again, mm. we you know we had this character that we that people absolutely loved, and you know we can't have Roger Delgado back. Mm. So and we, but we want to bring this character back because people want to see him.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: we roll with what we've got, and the Anthony Ainley version of the Master, if you can really even call him the Master anymore, because mm. is he a Time Lord at this? At this juncture it's I, kind of difficult. I say no,
1: because he's not he, he's in a trachonite body, so he's not yep. really a time lord.
0: No, I mean, but uh, obviously he could still use his TARDIS, he still has the same mind. Mm.
1: Um They could you could maybe argue argue the does and say half. Yeah,
0: maybe, okay, I'll give him half, I'll give him half. Like an amalgam um,
1: maybe. But yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the still the fact still remains he can't regenerate.
0: No, so. he can't regenerate. So, I mean, this is kind of a, a quick fix, but mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have to do something else about it. Mm. Here we go. Park up at the five doctors where <laughs> the Time Lords, for some bloody reason, ring the master first <laughs> instead of the doctor, <laughs>
2: Yeah,
0: which either speaks of their contempt for the doctor or that they're dumb. I think it might be a bit of the two. Yeah. Um, and say hey, here's a new set of regenerations. Go and sort this problem out for us.
1: Yeah, well, they promised it. I don't think he actually got them.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the idea. I don't think he mm. actually got them. But, yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it's just dumb. I don't know why you would ring the Master and then just expect him to... I don't know. I mean, Do prob- what you ask.
1: Well, I suppose uh, it can tie back into, like, how they sort of see themselves as, you know, worthy adversaries. The Master actually says, you know, in The Five Doctors a universe without the Doctor is scarcely bear, bears thinking about.
0: Uh, yeah, it's actually yeah. one of the best lines in that show. Yeah, but uh, also, um, <laughs> just
1: whenever, um, you know, Rassilon and, and his... Uh, no, not Rassilon, Barusa and um, uh, Chancellor Fleer in the castle and say, you know, we want you to save the Doctor. It's <laughs> actually just like, eh? Uh,
0: yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... Gets... It, it's so weird and again I think it's because obviously it's an anniversary show we want Mm. kind of all the big hitters in there and you know we need the master in but you know Mm. he's in full I mean he's in really in full cape mode I Mm. would say the master in this one Um, actually one of the most annoying things that is one of my most hated Doctor Who moments actually Um, where they have to jump across that sort of checkable bit of floor And he could just, you know, oh, Doctor, it's easy as pie and he just jumps to random squares. Yeah. He's just random squares. He's got his phone and two of them most of the time.
2: <laughs>
1: Jeez. Oh. oh, dear. But um, another bit... The, that aside, I do sort of <laughs> like the Master and the five Doctors because, um, you know, he, he comes across the third Doctor and the third Doctor recognises him still even though he's, you know, visibly different. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, the Master tries to prove his credentials by, yeah handing over sort of this tea coaster of Rassilon or whatever the hell the Time Lords gave him. And um, (laughs) the Doctor goes, oh, so you nicked it then. And I'll I'll send it back. And he's just like, come on!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do quite like sort of the sort of detached amusement slash frustration of the Master Mm -hmm. in this one. (laughs) He's like, I can't believe you're so dumb. Just look (laughs) at this thing, you know. (laughs) So... uh... Again, it's sort of that 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 sort of interaction that he had with the third doctor in his alien, uh, his uh, Delgado incarnation, I should mm. say. Um Well one of the things yes. we should,
2: one of the things we should,
1: on. sorry, one of the things we should talk about, um Anthony Ailey's uh, master is uh, he does tend to overcomplicate things a bit. Mm. Look at Castro thought... <laughs> look at
0: Yeah, it really is weird. Um if you thought that Delgado Master's schemes were convoluted. <laughs> Who want to get you the load of the anti Ainley d- master because what he's up to half the time, and uh, uh-huh. I don't know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so in Cat Revolver, the mad- master kid Adric, why, yep. and holds him in a hadron web to make him part of his TARDIS. Using a okay. pro- producing a projection of Adric on by the TARDIS, the master sent the new generated fifth doctor hurtling to the destruction of event one, you know, the big bang, mm-hmm. and then he uses Adric's computations to create. Cast revolver where the doctor can recover, and it's a trap, I think.
0: It's a trap! <laughs> it's a trap! <laughs> I mean, Why? you know, I, I feel like the, the, you know, in those, like, conspiracy thrillers, you know, like mm-hmm. films, there's always that scene where, like, the journalist or the hero has that big wall with, mm-hmm. like, all the bits of newspaper and then bits of string connecting things. <laughs> I feel like there's one of them in in his TARDIS somewhere going, right, so when I do this, the Doctor will do this.
1: <laughs> no, what it was, what it was, I mean, was he, he was trying to make a cat's cradle and he just sort of got out of control, so he just pinned it to the wall.
0: And he yeah, went, oh, I, yeah. Uh, oh, God, that's, oh, man. I
1: mean, time flight
0: who knows it just you know you you feel like with time flight it's just like let's keep fucking (laughs) with tegan and murdering members of her family apparently (laughs) the the doctor universe hates tegan's family and wants them all to die
1: (laughs) but i mean it's like okay so he went to 140 million years bc Yep. Disguises himself as a magician. Yep. Trying to use something to repair his TARDIS. And then. And then he...
0: there's a Concorde. Well,
1: there's two of them.
0: Yep. And... and then I've got a headache.
1: And. And. The... Oh, let's
0: also talk about hmm? the tissue compression eliminator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> George Takay. Um... Oh, my. <laughs> Dude, it looks like a dick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It, it does. really it,
0: looks like a dick.
1: It really it does like a like a sex toy.
0: <laughs> it does. Why did no one say this in production? Why? <laughs> I can't believe no one said, "Yo, that thing looks like a dong."
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't it's, want to think about I, it. I just
0: think about the way he holds it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I kind of wish we did have time travel so I could go back and show this to Sigmund Freud and see what he thought of it all.
0: Oh, I think his head would explode. He's done That man did so much cocaine, I think it would uh, explode him. Oh, my oh, good
1: God. God. And, and then... then the got, bloody kick's demons! Oh, Jesus Christ! So, okay, so, right. Bear with us, people.
0: Right, you might want to take some notes.
1: Right, okay. The master... Goes back to 1215 England. He disguises himself as a French knight. <laughs>
0: think, up, when we say French knight, think of Monty Python, Holy Grail, French knight. Think of the English king <laughs> In your general direction. <laughs> now
1: go away, I shall to touch it a second time. And he has this shape-shifting android called Chameleon. Bless him. And he uses Chameleon to impersonate King John of England... And for some reason, God knows why. I don't even think he knows himself. He no. wants to prevent the signing of the Magna Carta. Why?
0: Why? Oh, why? well done. You've, you've you've delayed things for 10 minutes. We'll just yeah. have another rebellion and sign it later. I mean, God's sake. It's so dumb. And then there's a sword fight for no reason because, you know, we had sword fights before and... Oh. Why? Why? The thing is, though, when I see Chameleon, remember that thing on The Simpsons where Homer's talking about being on the gong show with Barney? And he says, we've got more gongs than that breakdancing robot that caught on fire. <laughs> I think of Chameleon is the breakdancing robot.
1: <laughs> no, the, I think the breakdancing robot has more range of movement than Chameleon did.
0: Yeah, oh, bless. bless it. It's just literally, most of the time, it's literally just sort of propped up in the corner. Mm-hmm like, clearly just wedged in a position where it's not going to fall down. Yeah,
1: that was the thing with Chameleon. He's a shape-shifting android. He doesn't have to be the fucking android all the time. You could have had him in the stories. You just had to cast someone to... to oh.
0: Yeah, I have like, i have like been being this way. Fucking fuck me. Ugh. Yeah, but they... Had, I mean, a lot of the problems with Chameleon is because it was a cursed object, mm. apparently, from a, some sort of bizarre hell dimension, because yeah. everyone who had anything to do with it died. Mm.
1: Yeah, the... the the guy the only person who knew how to operate chameleon died that's uh, how this many... is
0: true by the way yeah faithful listeners we're not making this up it's all true yeah.
1: <laughs> Dear me um so uh, where do we go planet of fire
0: fire uh, again <laughs> what so
1: he shrank himself with the, the, the tissue compression illuminator because that's what it does. It's yeah. it, it doesn't have like several vibration settings. It actually shrinks people down and kills them.
0: It shrinks you to death essentially. Yeah. Again, why? It, yeah. it seems convoluted. <laughs> it might as, we might as well just actually call him "seems convoluted." <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um,
1: but so he has to go to the planet Sun to try and use. The there's uh, a special gas and uh, to restore himself to proper size and shape and then the doctor kills
0: him? Maybe. Question mark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How could you do this to your own <sighs> fill in your uh, fill in your blank here?
1: Jeez. But um he gets better, strangely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Again, Monty Python, I was saying, i got better <laughs>
1: Well, actually, I have to sort of before we get into the Mark of the Rani, I know we have yeah. to, but yeah, you know, mm. I think that's one of Anthony Alien's most creepiest performances is during mm. the Fifth Doctor's regeneration se- sequence.
0: Yes, actually, I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, mm. with sort of just cackling as yeah, he dies, just essentially. Flat
1: out venom. <laughs> yeah, it-
0: Exactly. it just sort of this weird sort of flip-flopping between just really kind of Scooby-Doo level zany schemes <laughs> and really weird and creepy things. Mm. It's, um, yeah, I mean, because sort of... I mean, where Delgado was kind of like a Svengali character, he mm-hmm. could like control your will and um, he was suave and charming with it. But, you know, an ungodly bastard and, mm-hmm. you know, you can't help but like him with Ainley he's just kind of kind of a freewheeling loony. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I mean, I, I can't fault Anthony Ainley's performance because
0: he, he goes no. first. I and mean, he did everything they asked him to do, mm-hmm. and he went at it full pelt. And you can't ask him to do anything more than that.
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's just the, the writing.
0: <laughs> yeah, as I think always. <laughs> I think the direction. I think because they didn't know what they wanted to do with the master, they wanted to have him sort of as a reoccurring villain. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want to do this thing of leaning on him like they did in series eight, and mm-hmm. um, you know, which I was, can understand. I yeah, can understand I can understand that. that yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't want him back all the time, you know, hanging around like a bad smell. But um, yeah, just these sort of just sort of weird schemes with kind of no sort of rhyme or reason to Mm. them. I mean, if you could say that he was doing them just to attract the doctor's attention, like try and lick his lives or something like that. Or, Mm. you know, sort of if there was some sort of scheme to it, you could forgive it a bit more, I think.
1: Yeah. But it's just sort of random, really. I mean, mm. the Mark of the Rani, at least the Rani's there doing something. She's trying to, like, harvest um, mm. brain chemicals and stuff. And he's just sort of there as a scarecrow. And. Oh, God. Well, the it's scarecrow. Two time...
0: Well, yeah, and, and the tree. <laughs> well, two Time Lords aren't enough. Yeah. You need three Time Lords. Jesus. So, you know, it's just. I think with the having the master and the rani together i mean you know because ainley and kate amara i mean it's funny to watch them oh, yeah. together and um, it is a good performance but you mm-hmm. just sort of think what are they up to and why would these two ever do anything <laughs> i mean because where where the master is kind of chaotic evil mm-hmm. um the rani is you know she's evil but with a purpose it's mm-hmm. purely science it's a uh, evil
1: more than i suppose Sorry? Um, lawful evil, I think, is the...
0: Yeah, lawful evil. Yeah, that's what I'm after. Yeah, mm. it's, it's the kind of thing is this, I'm evil, but it is a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, damn everything that gets in my way, no morals, no remorse sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's not just kind of getting a, a shit robot and going and annoying King John for no <laughs> reason. <laughs> um, so then we get to um,
1: the ultimate foe for the last two episodes of The Trial of a Time Lord. And um I always I do kind of like it when the master just randomly shows up on the um the trial room's like video screen and the doctor goes, Oh shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh bollocks. not you <laughs> <laughs> As
1: if my day wasn't getting any worse.
0: Yeah, I do like the visible sort of Oh for fuck's sake on the six doctors' face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: um Now see here it's not so bad because at least he's after something he's trying to like steal um secrets from the matrix and i think in you know in turn like destabilize gallifrey i don't know whether he's trying to make a power grab or something
0: well i mean because at least you could see why he would want to do that to Mm -hmm. an extent but yeah it's it you know so i'll i'll sort of allow it and again because it's this huge overarching kind of monolith of the story trial of a time lord Mm you it it makes sense to have the master in it so you know you can't fault that
1: um one thing I do like is it sort of, it sort of implies that um, his hypnotizing powers have gone a bit shit because yeah. he tries to, he tries to hypnotize uh, the rogue Sabalon Glitz who we meet earlier in, in Trial of the Time Lords, but he, he doesn't do it. He, he doesn't even use like the the simple eye contact that uh, Delgado had. He uses pocket yeah. watch, you know, the old swingy pocket watch and um he's like are you listening so well i'm glitching? and he goes no i'm just wondering how much that thing cost yeah
0: i mean again you saw i mean they sort of want to take the mickey a little bit out of him but mm. to be honest with because the master isn't kind of the false he once was mm-hmm. it just kind of makes him look just more rubbish rather than making it amusing you know mm. so yeah i mean it is funny but uh yeah
1: yeah and then sort of you get to survival and this is kind of what I would consider consider Anthony like second most, you know, creepiest performance.
0: Yeah, it's much more downbeat. Uh, mm-hmm. Survival. It, I mean, it's it was really only by accident that this was the last episode of the classic series. It was never meant to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just obviously happenstance and machinations at the BBC. But um, yeah, it's it's much more downbeat, and you know, mm. he's got. A, yeah, no, he's not wearing some ridiculous outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, but he looks—he looks weird in a sort of suit and tie to me, though. Um, mm, I think he, it, he, it, you know, it's like when you go out and you see your teacher in a t-shirt and jeans; mm. <laughs> he just doesn't look right. In it. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's. It, I think that. Um, I think it was like supposed to be like more of a throwback to Delgado. Mm. Yeah, um, but you know when he has like the cat eyes and the the teeth. <laughs> It's yeah, kind of weird, even though he can't quite talk properly with them, but never mind. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, that the contact lenses don't work perfectly well, but yeah, it's still disturbing to look at.
0: Yeah, his fate is kind of odd in that you know he's just got of left on this planet which is breaking apart and you Mm -hmm. think well that's that then you you sort of like although he is sort of a bit like the doctor Mm -hmm. any improbable scrape he will get out of it but um yeah you just think well he's done yep you can't see it you can't see a way back Mm -hmm. um but yet and then he gets
1: uh executed by the daleks
0: (laughs) don't ask why um again uh, we've talked about the tv movie (laughs) and how i've it annoys me but it's really right from the beginning and you're like here is the you know daleks having a trial and
2: they're
0: they're putting the master on trial for being evil Mm -hmm. which is a bit like pot kettle black in it really so but he's
1: supposedly quote-unquote on his final life
0: no that was a while ago yeah (laughs) yeah Mm. yeah so i mean you have to sort of think well he must have brain sucked someone else in the meantime because the the movie implies that the thing that is the master is sort of a neon green snake thing Mm. yeah which gets inside you and now you're the master yeah
1: that's kind of weird
0: it is, yeah. I mean, obviously, with with the TV movie, you have to take it with about a 25-kilo sack of salt. Mm. But um, it, it's just, you know, it, it sort of devalues the master by, I mean, a bit like if you've ever seen um, the second-to-last um, Jason movie... <laughs> <laughs> which impl- Jason Goes to Hell, where it hmm. implies that it's just sort of this weird snake thing that lives inside Jay's. It just sort of devalues the character, I feel, yeah, because, you know, you, you can't attribute it to the person or anything of their upbringing. It's just that, you know, they're infested with, you know, space Lurg.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was just actually trying to think, was there ever any, anything, like, said about why the Master had that sort of sneaky thought? And it's... I've been looking on the TARDIS wiki, and there's an audio called Mastermind. And right. It's called Deathworm Morphants, and they're symbiotic creatures that used to survive beyond death. And um, he says the Master used a Deathworm Morphant to survive his execution
0: by the Daleks. Right. Okay. Well, you know, throw that line in the thing. That would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> You know, if you said, you know, I knew I was on my last life, I had nothing else to go for, so I went <laughs> or whatever and bonded <laughs> with this thing, and it was fine until I could get out of it and get another body or, you know, get back to Gallifrey and take mm-hmm. over another Time Lord's body or something like that. You know, throw that line in there. That's information we need.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway.
0: Right, so it on to post-2005. Now, mm-hmm. I remember when, when the series came back... I was quite a big advocate for the master coming back. Mm. I remember after the first series, I was like, I remember sort of an email went round a lot of my friends saying, if you could have anyone back, what do you want? And I'd put the master, I want him back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, um, luckily we were <laughs> gifted with such a thing. I mean, lucky or unluckily, because we're going to talk about <laughs> what people think of John Sim as we go mm. on. But um, yeah, I mean, again, it was sort of, because they knew that, not what they were doing, so everyone knew. You know, not to imply that before they didn't, but they had an opportunity to set it up. Mm-hmm. Um, with obviously the master disguising himself as Harold Saxon, mm-hmm. um, you're able to to sort of foreshadow it with all the "you are not alone" stuff as yeah. well. And uh, yeah, when we first see the master again, it's bloody Derek Jacobi. I know. That's,
1: uh, that's, I. I have to say it's, Kind of almost like a wasted opportunity, but I mean, I don't know how long oh, I, w- I
0: wish we'd had more. Yeah. Of Derek Jacobi's master sort mm. of Galavanian, actors. he's truly Ainley-like. I mean, because yeah. we only see a flash of it, but that that moment where he turns around and you see that he's changed—it's all just in his in Derek Jacobi's right. eyes. Yeah. Fucking brilliant.
1: Yeah. Oh man.
0: Oh man, I remember because I was watching. I was in my, um, I was at my in laws, or we they were out, and we, me and Chuck, were watching it, and. Mm-hmm just as he turned round
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I was like, oh, he's the pastor," <laughs> <laughs> And Chuck was like, nah. And mm-hmm. then of course he went, I am the master to poor old Chantho. And yeah, um, yeah I was like, oh. um, <laughs> yeah. also it has one of my favorite effects in it when he regenerates. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause obviously he does the, the now sort of expected thing of throwing his arms out and looking yeah. up. But when, if you look close at the effect, mm-hmm. um, because his eyes are open, you can see his eyes spinning through the colours like a roulette wheel. Oh, right, yes. Or like, you know, like the fruit machine wheels. Mm-hmm. It sort of spins through a lot of different colours before it stops on
2: <laughs> nice. the colour
0: of John Sim's eyes, yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting effect.
1: Yeah, also what I noticed about the regeneration effect is it sort of obviously you have the, the volcanic sort of flow of energy, but there's something slightly liquidy about it.
0: Yeah, the,
1: yeah. When it's like in the, long, in the wide shot... And he's like throws his arms open, it's like it's like this goo sort of spills from him. Yeah. And then when it sort of cuts the close up of um of um Derek Jacobi and, and it switches to John Simon and he screams, it's like,
0: whoa yeah, he's truly screaming as mm-hmm. well. It's really kind of like, oh, this is a nasty process as mm-hmm. well. I mean, but, yeah, it's... I think that whatever you think of the series that precedes it, mm-hmm. the way it's set up, because you've got all the, the clues are all there. Yeah. Because we'd sort of been trained to look for clues as we had all the arch words with Torchwood and stuff like that. Yeah. But you had all the Harold Saxon stuff. You had the You Are Not Alone from Gridlock. Mm-hmm. We had the use of the chameleon arch. Chameleon arch, arch yeah. Um, you've got all the stuff we've learnt about what the Dalek Emperor did in the war Mm -hmm. and then it all sort of comes together because we learn that whatever happened to the Master, you know, whether you think that what happened to, whether you take as 100% what happened in the TV movie. Mm-hmm. He dies at some point. His life ends, but he's resurrected by the Time Lords in an act of desperation, essentially, mm-hmm. as um, to serve in the front line of the Time War. Mm-hmm. And he legs it. Yeah. And doesn't give a fuck. There's a surprise. Yeah, there's a surprise. <laughs> because, you know, he's just, you know, as long as I get to fuck around and mess with the Doctor, I don't care. But, mm-hmm. no, when he's really in the shit, he's gone and uh, uses a chameleon arch to disguise himself. Lives whole life as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, hides at the end of the universe as Professor Yana. Yeah. Um, even though he's still plagued by the drumbeat, which yeah. we will come to know more about. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's all Martha's fault. It is all Martha's fault, yeah. Bless her. <laughs> Bless her heart. Where she... was she supposed to know?
1: Well, yeah, That's true. But, you know, I I, it's, I it's can understand that. Because, I mean, she, obviously she clocks at that... Professor Yana's really another Time Lord, but you kind of want to hope that it was a better Time Lord than.
0: Yeah, I mean, because how is she to know that he's a wrong? And you know, because Martha's Martha knows about how lonely the Doctor is, and he's the as far as he knows, mm-hmm. he's the only Time Lord in existence. So why yeah. wouldn't she want to bring another one back? So yeah, and it's interesting you
1: know, how like she's really excited for them, and the, and the Doctor just going, like, "Oh shit!" But but what if? And he, it's like, yeah. it's all like, he knows. What's
0: yeah. coming? Well I mean, you know, if 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 anyone was to survive, mm-hmm. you would put it on the master to oh, live yeah. through it. Yep. <laughs> um so anyway, he's he's gone in the uh in the TARDIS and mm-hmm. um on to the events of um oh what's it called? Sandra's. Sound of drums, the yeah. Of the Time Lords, where it's revealed that the mysterious Harold, Sanx, uh, Harold Saxon, <laughs> who we first heard of being uh, mentioned in the Runaway Bride, <laughs> is in fact the Master, and you get the brilliant line of the Doctor saying, "The Master is Prime Minister of Great Britain."
1: <laughs> the Master and his wife.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I remember this. This caused issues i remember with uh with his wife because you thought well you don't think of well i mean because he would obviously have a wife because mm. you're meant to have a wife if you're the prime minister yeah and you know i think that when obviously he's been smacking her around mm.
2: Ooh. i wish
0: they'd done more about that actually mm. she is obviously she's obviously a kind of a couple of pennies short of a full till isn't she yeah from the beginning but um well, she yeah. Uh,
1: I could see, I could see her like being sort of, like charmed by him, and then yeah,
0: and then this and then... you know it seems. But she mm. is quite happy about what happens with the toclophane.
1: Yeah, that's
0: true. <laughs> she seems abnormally pleased. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I sort of think then... it's a bit sort of Imelda Marcos. So I expect her to have her fucking loads of shoes somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, thought that, I suppose it depends on you could like sort of read it. as How much did she actually know about the toclophane. Oh no! Yeah. Though, though, you know, it did take it to the end of the universe. That's a, I think that must have probably been where she broke.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah, that she she isn't equipped to deal with mm-hmm. what she's seen, and yeah, it's sort of that thing of well it sort of reflects what we learn about the Master in that he there's this there's this sort of initiation right that we learn about the Time Lords mm-hmm. that you're you're brought as a child to look into the untempered schism as it's called mm-hmm. basically the Time Vortex and as I think who who describes it as this way is I think it's the Doctor who says some look into it and inspired and yeah. some run away and some go mad mm-hmm. and well it the is because goes mad
1: yeah well it was the Doctor because um he's He's, I think Martha asked him, uh, "Well, what happened when you looked into it?" He went, oh, the ones that ran away. I never stopped."
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it just—it seems a fucked up thing to do to a child. Let's yeah. put it that way. But yeah, it—it—it's tr- obviously it, that's its this series' interpretation of that's why the master is mm. how he is. But John Sim takes the madness aspect and really kicks it <laughs> up a notch. <laughs>
1: kicks up a notch
0: (laughs) yeah several hundred notches yeah um i think that obviously they where they've sort of taken this idea to the zenith of these two time lords being the side both sides of the same coin Mm -hmm. obviously because the tenth doctor is kind of like he's thoughtful but can be frenetic and big and hyperactive Mm -hmm. so they took that took those character aspects and just blew them up and Mm -hmm. John Sim just went ran, just went huge with it, and that's why because he is like that. But he's unhinged, and mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, say so what I like about it is that it's it's a it's a scheme which has worked. He has done yes. some, you know. I am the prime minister. I bring the tocopherate. I am now the master of Earth. Mm, he wins. Job done. He wins.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's you know, and of course you know <laughs> when absolute power corrupts absolutely. He does some really fucked up things to the earth. I mean, he burns Japan. He... For
0: no reason. <laughs>
1: yeah. I like
0: that Martha said he had himself carved on Mount Rushmore.
1: <laughs> because, yeah, <laughs> of course you would. Um, but um, I've always, I, I'm i never sure how to like, take John Tim's Master because I think he's so mental...
2: Yeah, you know it's I mean? too much almost. He's yeah. so brutal.
0: he's so unhinged, and yeah, I mean, I think that that's where, especially obviously, when we see him again in the end of time, mm-hmm. being resurrected. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. At
1: this, but at the same time, when he tends to like do it a bit more straight, that's when he's in its creepiest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, when he. Dies after he refuses to regenerate, mm-hmm. just because it will make the doctor upset. Yeah, just, just that to is spite truly him. fucked up. Yeah, yeah just to spite him.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, there's another bit um, because the master, as Harold Tax has been funding all sorts of things. He uh, helped Professor Lazarus with his uh, anti-aging device in uh, the Lazarus experiment, mm. and he's built the latest screwdriver. Who'd have Sonic? And um, he uses it to like. Freeze the doctor's regeneration cycles and actually physically age him. And when it's when he sort of puts the broadcast out across the world to Martha, he's like he's broadcasting to the, the whole planet, but he's targeting Martha specifically. And he ages the doctor into <laughs> a
0: God. hobbit, yeah. Oh no, Dobby, the house elf, essentially, yeah.
1: yeah. But after he's sort of like done it, you don't actually see what happens to the doctor just yet. You just sort of like see this pile of clothes on the whole... but there's a bit where he has this sort of like creepy smile on his face after he's done the deed it's, mm. it's almost like wow this is fucked up even for me
2: you know
0: yeah um i mean obviously as well it's implied that he's got jack chained up downstairs and just keeps killing him over and over and over and over over again mm. as well it's just i mean i think that and you know it's basically enslaving the human race as well and yeah. um Everywhere's just an enormous kind of work camp and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of North Korea-esque kind of labor, breaking rocks camp. And
2: yeah.
0: it's a, basically a base to forge an empire from there. I mean, it, it almost seems too far for him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, again, if we're looking at it, it's just to annoy the Doctor or just to have a challenge, I mean, mm-hmm. you just think that, well, it, it, it seems odd that he actually wins and it seems odd that he's carrying on with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sort of like he kind of like what well, I'm just just like leave and just like oh there you go clean your own uh, clean yeah. up after that, doc.
0: Well, you know again, it's just a thing of like he want he would like it, it again sort of bringing in the sibling analogy mm-hmm. is it, it getting your older brother or sister or whatever to submit. Mm-hmm. Say so you're right, like, you win. Yeah. I think if he if it was that he would mm-hmm. be you know that is satisfactory. But yeah, to go to the, the the next level with it, it seems unlike him. But you do sort of wonder because they sort of really crank up the madness angle, mm-hmm. which obviously we get to the reasons why he is mad essentially, mm-hmm. um, and being tortured by the but 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 noise mm-hmm. um, in the end of time, which we'll move on to now. Yes. Um, so after the doctor cremates the master, kind of Viking style, mm-hmm. um, his little signet ring falls off, and a woman with uh, sort of very bright red fingernails mm-hmm. picks up the ring. And it's uh, later revealed that the master on the side mm-hmm. has founded a cult,
2: <laughs> just Why <not>? in case.
0: <laughs> just in case he needs to, uh, he needs to resurrect himself by some weird. Ritual. Yeah. I, I. That's the sort of thing. You, you, Of
1: all the people you'd think to have a cult about them, you never really sort of peg it to the, be the master. I would understand it if we'd, like, hypnotise them.
0: Yeah. You know? But, um, I don't know. It's like you sort of imagine these, you know, sort of those women who try and marry serial killers or something. Uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, the, just the whole staff of this prison happens to be... um <laughs> Uh, the master's coven essentially
1: yeah huh and so he resurrects himself sort of um but his wife has a potion of death and
0: (laughs) she lost her plus two mace in the uh in the maze obviously she didn't
1: get a 20 um you know so it's (laughs) it's so (laughs) dumb
0: I'm it's, uh, yeah, it is dumb, and I think that at the end of time. Obviously, they wanted to bring back the Master because again, we've got a we've got a regeneration of the tenth Doctor. Mm-hmm. We're saying goodbye to him, so we wanna we wanna bring back the Masters. Kind of, you know, bring things full circle and sort of give him like a final end, mm-hmm. if you like. Um, uh, where it's revealed that uh, the drumbeat that the Master's been implied to have been hearing all his life mm-hmm. um, was given. It was sort of imposed on him by Rassilon mm-hmm. um, so that it's there was a link back to him.
1: Yeah, it is in his head, but it's literally in his head. He's not making it, it up. No. It's not some sort of, like, excuse.
0: Or a delusion or anything. Yeah. It's literally... It, it um, is there. Yeah. I mean, as well, you think that... I think that the desperation, but on the Tenth Doctor's part, to save him mm-hmm. as well, I think is actually quite affecting... Um, yeah in that because I mean, the the doctor knows that the master, you know, really on a base level Mm -hmm. is is superior intellectually. He's Mm -hmm. his science and his knowledge is much better. Mm -hmm. And you think, you know, if the master turned his mind to the good side, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, virtually what he could do would be unlimited. Yeah. But he chooses to be, well, not chooses, but again, it's actually quite interesting of how much is, is it his fault essentially at this point? Mm. Um,
1: see, it's, it's kind of tricky to sort of, um, cause I mean, I could understand if the, the master had always been sort of more sort of like the Anthony Ainley, John Sim, like chaotic evil throughout his appearances on Doctor Who, then yeah, you can say, oh, it's, it's not really his fault. It's a psychosis brought on by the drumbeat in his head. But the problem is the Delgado master knows what he's doing. Yeah. So you could maybe say that it's as his life has progressed it's gotten uh, like far worse and like maybe he's during his early life it was just sort of like you know it's like sometimes when you get like a little like a passing thought in your head when mm. um, it sort of bothers you but it goes away and then it sort of comes back slightly and then it goes away. Mm. You know what I mean? I could I could see it maybe it's being something like that but I don't know. I mean it it's certainly a good idea. It just shows you how much complete bastards the Time Lords can be.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's truly that well, Rassilon is as well. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of implied that Rassilon has been resurrected similarly yeah. to... Yes, old Dalton, yeah. you sexy beast, you. Um, again, but um, yeah, you sort of implied that Rassilon mm-hmm. has been resurrected for the purposes of winning the Time War, yeah. and everyone is a bit like, "Whoa, he's gone over the edge!" And because <laughs> I, I remind, I remember why I didn't like you in the first place, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. where he obviously thinks it's a good idea. I mean, obviously he's out of his box, but when we see him in the the end of time, mm. um, and obviously it takes a nutter to know a nutter, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, obviously, although the master, you know, it saved the Doctor, essentially. Again, you mm-hmm. it, sort of that kind of familial connection. Um, I mean, it's sort of still, they're not, well, I say familial connection. They don't explicitly say they're family, mm. but it's sort of like, it's a very deep, or was a very deep friendship at one point. Yeah, and they've and, friends. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, he chooses, but he still chooses to revenge himself on the Time Lords, which mm. you can't blame him, but um, it's not like he was letting go at the, cute, uh, the sort of the, the kindness of his heart. Yeah,
1: so um, I have to ask you a question, Emmett. Go for it. What do you think of uh, the Master's Repulsor Beams in this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, this... alright, okay, so I'll tell a story that I've told before, but I don't think I've told it on this podcast. Okay. When the end of Time was broadcast, part one,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, it was Christmas Day... And um, I woke up Christmas Day morning. I felt ill. Mm. It turned out I had the swine flu, which was oh, going no. around at this point. But um, I didn't realise how ill I was. <laughs> so, I I mean, it was to the fact that I went round to my mum and dad's. And my mum went, go home. Mm. And so... <laughs> you we are diseased. Yeah, <laughs> diseased, out leper, unclean, unclean. <laughs> um, so, yes, it was, we were, I packed off home. Mm. So, I had a very high fever. Mm. And I was, sit- but I was cold. So as you get, so I was sitting under a blanket, sweating out cobs, watching. I
1: think I know where this is going.
0: Yeah. So watching the episode, and then right at the end, the master goes, "It's dinner time," and takes off. <laughs> and I turned around to Chuck and said, "Is that real, or am I making it up?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Why? You, just, you just sort of think right okay i mean because all the thing with his translucent skull and you think well like, mm, okay it's going a bit far but i'll allow it because mm. you know it's all this sort of his immortality gates and yeah get resurrected all this but then when he jumps and he's got false lightning powers <laughs> essentially he's like what yeah. <laughs> Who thought this was a good idea? That's what I want to know.
1: Uh, well, Russell T. Davis, obviously, because he wrote the damn thing.
0: Yeah, obviously. <laughs> you just sort of think, well, uh, mm. you, I, it's a, it seems to be the sort it That seems like a 3am three, a, 3 a. M. idea.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, I, I, I suppose it, I mean, with it being a Christmas episode, it can it be a bit fantastical. I mean, you had, like, sharks in clouds the following year.
0: Yeah, but because, you know, the sharks in clouds... But it's that's... a fleeting thing. It's not mm. like, you know, the Doctor then mounts it and then rides it off to the rescue with, like, mm. a little, you know, a little harness on it or something. I mean, you know, it's just a thing that happens to be on this planet. But the mm. false lightning thing is instrumental to the plot <laughs> and without... Yeah. Yeah, you just think, I don't know. I don't know why you would want to go this way you just want to make him seem sort of more dangerous and powerful and obviously the doctor can't you know hasn't really Mm -hmm. dealt with anything that can shoot lightning at him or anything like that you know so i don't know it just it seems such a bizarre idea and i think that where sim sort of being very over the top in sort of the sound of drums and that you could sort of go with because he is nuts Mm -hmm. it's so much too it's too much in this for me
1: Mm. well (laughs) the master race yeah. Whoa, boy, Harry. Yeah.
0: I mean, Ooh,
1: it, yeah. It, I mean, it's hilarious to see him in, like in a dress and stuff. Oh
0: I mean, gosh. <laughs> <it's laughs> and like really a gigantic hat or something like that, yeah. you know? Well, I, I, I mean, do you? I'm,
1: I'm, sure I'm, I'm going to ask you this question, but I think I already know the answer. Do you own a okay. book called The Writer's Tale?
0: The what? Sorry,
1: The Writer's Tale, which is yes, uh, I do.
0: Own the Writer's Tale. Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, The Writer's Tale, for those unawares, is basically a series of correspondence between. Um, Russell T. Davis and,
0: um, oh, God, Be- uh, what's his name? Benjamin, not Aranovich, is it? It's no. Um, Be-
1: ben, yeah, Ben, yeah. No, no. No, he's the, no, he's the conductor.
0: Um, um, it was the Cook, guy,
1: Benjamin Cook, that's it. Benjamin Cook, that's yeah, the one. writer for Doctor Who magazine. And um, basically, it's just like emails back and forth and the occasional text message about Russell T. Davis writing... Um, the fourth series and then subsequently the specials as it was covered in The Writer's Tale, final chapter, which is like a second edition published, um, I think maybe a year after the original? Yes, something like that. But one of the things during the whole Master Race se- sequence that Russell T. Davis wrote and then cut out was um, there's a bit where the Master, as the Chinese general, you know, in and, and like the start of End of Time Part 2 says, you know... Yeah army of millions to and but originally it was scripted so this version of the master the chinese general master was clearly on some drugs or something and was a little bit too hyper and right. um the god how do you how do you keep this straight the prime master the original master says yeah, the oh, og master yeah, yeah says we, we can't be doing that Kill his, and um, the general master goes, oh, do you want me to kill yourself? Yeah, go on, fine. And it's like, it cuts, like, the, the doctor sort of, like, you know, bound and gagged as he is. and then all you hear is a gunshot. And it's like, wow. That's... Merry
0: Christmas, everybody.
1: <laughs> Happy New Year. God, that was, that's, that's a fucked up idea, that.
0: It is a fucked up idea, but you—you you almost wish that he'd done that, but like by a, a mass hypnotism rather than he turns himself into literally everyone on mm.
2: earth. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I
0: mean it's, it's it's hilarious and
1: stupid in equal measure.
0: It is, but it's it's kind of too far. It yeah. sort of it sort of sort of breaks your sense of disbelief, doesn't mm-hmm. it, a bit? And um, yeah, I mean ultimately, it's too far. Yeah, but, and the vislachy so, glass and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're, in my case, quite ill, <laughs> or, or in most cases, slightly pissed because it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the next, end of time, part two, went out on New Year's Day, I think. So, it was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was still ill, but everyone else was hung over. <laughs> um, it's just a bit much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
1: And really, in terms of television, that's it. Yeah. For The Master.
0: That's it. Rest in peace. Um, Yeah, so... I wonder if we're going to have him back. Who um. knows? Let's now talk a little bit about the the novels and stuff. So, mm-hmm. like like a lot of obviously in the in the inter who years, there are a lot of novels which um, sought to fill in the gaps a bit about the Master and the Doctor and mm-hmm. yeah. So we've got uh, a book called The Dark Path,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which uh, reveals his name to be Koshi.
1: Yeah,
0: Kosh... Koshy, 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 yeah. Cush- like um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so this is sort of where we first meet him and him tangling with the second Doctor. Mm. And he's much more like the Doctor, but kind of like the anti-version of him. Mm. Um, He's willing to commit murder as a first option to save the day. Mm. So essentially he's like the Doctor without the moral yardstick. Mm. If and- I can just pause you there I
1: mean, for a second. I've just actually looked up... Uh, there was a Wikipedia link to uh, this name. And in Slavic Folklore... He is an archetypal male antagonist, described mainly as abducting the hero's wife. Um, uh, so that's it's kind of interesting that uh, that name. So obviously the his names come from like a, another antagonistic um, villain from lore.
0: Yeah, it's not just a, a word for the master hmm, again. It's not just a um, made up name. Yeah um and he become he turns to the dark path if you like mm-hmm. or the dark side after he discovers his companion and lover mm-hmm. alia is a undercover agent for the cia which is a celestial intervention agency not the central <laughs> intelligence agency um i'm so sorry over, i'm yeah. sorry
1: the the celestial inter- inter- intervention agency god damn it it's
0: one of those things that obviously they put in the tv show to go cia <laughs> uh. <laughs> but now it's yeah thanks mm. <laughs> um jesus um yeah so over the course of the novel she is shot and killed but not understanding not knowing that she's a time lord she will regenerate Koshi develops a time-based weapon in an attempt to bring her back and the weapon is used to destroy a planet when she turns up alive and the knowledge that he's destroyed a planet for nothing coupled with the revelation of her betrayal proves too much and Koshi resolves to bring his own order to the universe at the expense of free will and becomes its master um hmm Although he's left trapped in a black hole at the end of the novel and it being uncertain how to escape. Oh, and it's generally implied that it takes him most of his remaining lives to do so, hence why the master's on his last life while the Doctor, intended to be his contemporary, is only on his third.
2: Hmm. 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 Well, Hang on a
0: minute, don't you get time dilation in a black hole? So... Hey.
2: Okay.
0: Anyway, <laughs> well yeah cuz he'd be much younger the universe is moving on without him. Okay. Mm. Okay, so <laughs> you've got the face of the enemy which centers around the Delgado and M- Era master, but includes a cameo by. Oh, hang on, hold on to your seat for this one. <clears throat> right. Includes a cameo by a Koshi from an alternative timeline mm. originally featuring Inferno, who never became the master. This version of Koshi is to a lower time lord who becomes stranded on the alternative earth after that universe's version of the Web of Fear destroyed his TARDIS. <laughs> he is subsequently captured and forced to work for the fascist rulers of this earth who keep him alive in agony using life support systems. When the master crossing over from the other universe learns of this, he ends his counterpart's life in a rare moment of compassion. Huh. That's quite interesting, actually.
1: Yeah. Hmm. It's unusual.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's very. Yeah. Well, I, I think they're desperate to use that alternative timeline from Inferno, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. I think, I think if they, if they really, I think if they could, they would do a lot more from that. Yeah. That's I remember that it was, I remember as well, wasn't it one, there was one book I think, or it was implied that, cause in the Brigad- the brigade Leader's office mm-hmm. there's that kind of big brotherish photo of a man with a big sort of little kitchen attach.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I remember reading somewhere that people thought that was that University's version of the Doctor.
2: Hmm.
0: So whether that comes from this novel or not, I don't know.
1: I don't know. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Hmm. Uh, so you've also got uh, Last of the Gadarene by our Mark Gattis and hmm. Deadly Reunion by uh with Terence Dixon Barry Letts which are basically sort of pert wee Delgado kind of homages mm-hmm. with all the disguises and fake names that you like. Yeah. Um I kind
1: of um there's also one called uh v- 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 Yes. V- yeah. Fedigris. Fedigris. Um and it's sort of there's this genie. And it's <laughs>
0: All good stories start away. Right, there's this genie, genie, right? Right, okay. Listen
1: round. Um, and it turns out this genie uh, <laughs> uh, ends up impersonating the master, who is in fact controlling him. And the real master appears in the novel's epilogue buying a Chinese takeaway. That was a Chinese takeaway for everyone who
0: can't. Sorry. No, I mean, it just seems weird that, you know, you'd have the master enjoying a nice chow mein, but, yeah, it's weird. Uh,
1: dear me. Oh, God. Anyway.
0: <laughs> moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, moving on. Once he said he's Chinese, it's why he's so emaciated, he had a dodgy Chinese, and it ruined <laughs> him. Um, it's on to Legacy of the Daleks. Um, mm-hmm. with this stuff we were talking about earlier with uh, Susan and mm-hmm. the Eighth Doctor and... That other stuff, so that's why he's all burnt up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get sort of the Ainley era mm-hmm. um, master versions a uh, book called Quantum Archangel, which mm-hmm. is meant to lead on from the Time Monster. Yeah. Um, you also have got one called First Frontier, where he acquires a new body, mm-hmm. which apparently, according to the book, is like based on Basil Rathbone, the uh, cinema persona of which. Uh,
1: I see what um, they did there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: and he <laughs> this this version turns up a few more times sort of throughout the the uh the uh eighth doctor novels mm-hmm. and and then you get sort of these really kind of uh strange things going on that um when you get into the adventures of Henrietta Street mm-hmm. um where it's sort of the you sort of think that he's he's there but he's only described mm. as a man wearing a suit and a rosette and mm-hmm just sort of assume that that's who it is but you also get the thing of the the other destruction of Gallifrey yeah which i think that they say is only four time lords who made it one of which is the doctor mm-hmm. it's implied that i think one of them's a master one of them you would think is iris Wildtime because mm-hmm. she's meant to be a time lord and someone else maybe the Rani. yeah yeah uh, yeah it's it's that's the sort of thing where i sort of like uh, oh
1: is it the master? Who knows? Ooh. Yeah, it's the master. Yeah, it's.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but this is where I mean, because they sort of introduce this thing called faction paradox, mm-hmm. well. which yeah, <laughs> where, where it's like this kind of renegade kind of um, time. yeah cult sort of thing that and it's and they've got this thing that they live in like a little they live in a bubble which is the 11 days from when we switch from the julian to the gregorian calendar
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and things like that yeah it gets really (laughs) complicated i think you know it's it's really interesting lots of really cool ideas Mm -hmm. um and Stuff like you know, it's all linked into the war games and mm-hmm. sort of paths not taken from there. But I think with those, you really have to read everything yeah. that they put out because you will be lost. Yeah,
1: I mean, the, I mean, Fashion Paradox even got their own like spin offs and stuff. Yeah, they did. It's It's, it, I mean, good lord, it, uh, it uh, gets a bit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's very complicated, mm-hmm. and it's like the thing of, like, if you didn't read it, like, quite thoroughly or you missed one book or you got a bit behind, I mm-hmm. mean, you'd be just avalanche with stuff. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say that if you're if you're interested in get hold of some of these Eighth Doctor books, yeah, go for it, but you really have to read them in sequence, otherwise you will be lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the last book which has got sort of master stuff is The Story of Martha, which actually came out in 2008, mm-hmm. which it, it documents Martha's missing year, her walk across the earth. Yeah. And it's actually quite it's not bad actually. Um I I read that well I read it when it came out, I remember I got it when it came out. Mm. And I was really looking forward to it. It's not as good as I hoped, I think. I've only read it once, but um yeah, it's not bad. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's a nice quick read as well. You whip you'll whip through it.
1: Yeah. It does show up in a couple more books. Um The Spear of Destiny oh, by Marcus Sedgwick. Okay. Um it's an ebook. Uh It uh, disguises himself as a Viking called Frey, which is old Norse for Master. Of course. Oh dear God. And um the Altar of Enel's another little harvest of time.
0: Which mm-hmm.
1: is which came out last year I think actually.
0: Oh right, okay. Yeah. yeah to that's uh catch the, up with those things.
1: Yeah, it's the Roger Delgado one, the master there. You know, it says Sat after his capture at the end of the demons and before his escape from prison in the sea devils. So
0: It's quite good, you know, go and see how he went from being a satanic vicar to sitting in a prison in the middle of nowhere watching the clangers. <laughs> um <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah yes.
0: Um, we've got a little bit of the comic strips and stuff. Again, uh, mm. new bodies, new new action. Yeah. Ends up being a street preacher for a bit. <laughs> um, uh, another one implies that he survived the events of the television movie by accounting a com- cosmic being named uh, in the time <laughs> vortex and control. Oh my god! Yeah. 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 Oh, blimey! Anyway, uh, I do like that <laughs> this uh, this Prisoners of Time thing mm. as well. There's this twelve issue series that he he um, teams up with Adam Mitchell, disgraced companion of the Ninth Doctor. Yeah, I thought I'd, I've
1: never read it, but I always thought that was a good idea to like to actually do something with Adam.
0: Yeah, but he, and he ends up dead at the end of it. Spoiler alert! And oh, yay! Okay. <laughs> 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 um i would say this is i know a bit more about the audio plays mm-hmm. um which is using jeffrey beavers um yeah. after his brief uh brief uh cameo well not cameo but brief appearance in uh deadly assassin mm-hmm. i highly recommend master that it's just called master mm-hmm. with uh the seventh doctor yeah um, Master's, it's great
1: yeah i think i'm trying to think is like master one of those ones with sort of it's not necessarily canonical, but it could be if you wanted to.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. It mm. it it sort of, it basically in Master, because this whole thing of the seventh doctor being Times Champion, mm. which they sort of expound more in the books, the Master is death champion because mm. of a thing in their youth that uh, the the doctor kills a bully who was trying to drown the master and unable to cope with it. Mm. Um the doctor accepts a deal with death. Mm-hmm. To take away his pain, and is unaware of erasing his memory of committing the crime, he would be transferring it to the master. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so, but the master forgives him for it. Um, that the adult can't be blamed for his actions as a kid, and he didn't foresee the consequences of his actions. But the you know this whole thing that master is death servant as a result, and yeah, it's kind sort of what how much of that you think is right, or Trino, you know, or Canonical, mm. it's up to you. But just listen to it for being a really great radio play. I mean, it's basically just Sylvester McCoy and Jeffrey Beavers. It's really good.
1: Mm. Um, actually, they did uh, bring them back proper, didn't they, um, The Master? Uh, played by Alex McQueen, I th- think? Yeah. I mean, like, this, this is sort of like the... This is the eighth Doctor Audio Adventures, presumably set before... Uh, Night of the Doctor and the television series. So this is sort of like... This is post-TV... This is sort of in the interim between the TV movie and the Doctor's regeneration on the planet Khan. Um, but uh, also, um, Mark Gatiss voiced the uh, Master in one of the Doctor Who Unbound uh, mm-hmm. audio plays. Um, for those of you in a way, Doctor Who Unbound is sort of like a what-if of... Uh, various points of the Doctor's, of Doctor Who. So, like, in this case, Sympathy for the Devil is, like, what if the Doctor didn't arrive on Earth for his exile until 1997? And it turns out the Master's been trapped on the planet while all sorts of shit has been going down.
0: Yeah, I would say the the, uh, Doctor Unbound ones are actually, Mm. they're really interesting. Mm. I think if you're a person who's, like, if you're looking into comics that um, they do what if... Mm -hmm um comics essentially as well i mean the most famous have been uh, red sun which supposes that if, what if superman landed in soviet russia rather mm. than america um which is an excellent book actually i'd recommend it um yeah, it's they're really interesting, and if you can sort of put aside that you know these unfamiliar voices playing people who you're meant to be familiar with, mm-hmm. um, I mean obviously you know your mileage will vary, but um, yeah, I I think they're actually really interesting and good fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, we have to mention Scream of the
2: cat
0: Yeah, which it, weirdly is Derek Jacobi again. Weird. Mm. Yeah, I was, you know you do wonder though. Obviously, it being an RTD, and you know he's a Doctor Who nerd. Went, mm. oh, we should give him another crack of the crack of the apple. <laughs> yeah mixing my metaphors there
2: Hmm.
0: um also i think that i would want to mention a bit as well there was a there was a doctor rpg game um which had about the master's history and it says that it identifies a medley monk as the master huh
1: Mm. um no (laughs) i don't like that
0: See, but that's the nice thing about mm. that. You can just go, nope, and chuck it out because yeah. it's, it's not con- continuity. It's just someone's idea to sort of make things tie up nice in a bow. And, uh, yeah, but I, I'm one of the people actually, you know, I prefer the idea of the, uh, the war chief um, mm. as being uh, an incarnation of the master. I mean, he's got his same penchant for elaborate facial hair, if nothing mm.
1: else. <laughs> that's true. Um, also, well, we can't, we can't not leave this conversation by not talking about Jonathan Price in The Curse of the Old Death (laughs) well it's very much
0: (laughs) (laughs) the dart
2: bumps
0: (laughs) yeah so um, but again um, (laughs) obviously a nice dollop of cheese there and I think that you know um, with the Master I mean obviously I think your mileage is going to vary I'm actually like him as a character, I must say, mm. my favorite will I think always be Delgado. I think he, he holds a special place in my heart for um, his portrayal of the master.
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm agree with you. I mean, don't get me wrong, all the other masters have the moments, even yep. bloody Watter's face. Eric, Eric Roberts. Roberts? Yeah. He, even he has moments of. Yeah, well, great,
0: well you see moments. where his moments got him with Human Centipede Part 3.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, it, it, it's you know sometimes the first ones you see at the best, and Roger Delgado just you can't you, you can't improve on him.
0: Yeah, you would you you'd be having to go some to improve on. Mm. I mean, I think that if we got some more Derek Jacoby mm. oh, version yeah. of him, I think we'd be sort of talking more like there's <sighs> a competition between the two.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be good, but how likely that is these days i don't
0: know yeah i mean it would be interesting that if they chose to bring the master back Mm -hmm. uh, when we've got the capaldi doctor it'd be quite interesting how they choose to to go with it being as we've got an older kind of implied to be kind of a more not harsh but Mm -hmm. more sort of a more moody kind of doctor it would be interesting to see how they go with it if they decide to continue Mm. that storyline yeah i
1: could i could see Possibly like a, like a throwback to Delgado, not necessarily, you know how Ainley tried to emulate Roger Delgado, but something in a similar sort of vein. Just so you yeah, got it's like a...
0: all that Svengali kind of hmm. kind sort of, of reminiscent guy,
1: reminiscent of, yeah. but not. Yeah, kind of like
0: a Rasputin hmm. kind of kind of character. Yeah.
1: So, shall we leave this here?
0: Yes, I think that's a good place to end it. There. Okay. Um, this is The Greatest Show in the Galaxy podcast, and you will obey us.
1: <laughs> yes, if you uh, want to share our, your thoughts about The Master with us, you can email us at uh, greatest show at simplysyndicated.com. Uh, you can also tweet us at uh, greatestshowpod. Uh, Emma runs the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash greatest show podcast. And, uh, you know, while you're on Simply Syndicated, you know, give a try some of the other th- shows we got there. We've got uh, things like, uh, do you know what? We haven't really mentioned The Masters of None.
0: No, we haven't answered none. I was going to say, um, their, one of their latest episodes, check out Pod Soup, which is one of the series they do. They pick on shitty podcasts. And I must admit, I love, this is the episode-themed God. Please don't, please don't let us be on there. Please don't let us be on there. Please don't let us be on there. But we're not, so yay! No.
1: <laughs> also, the usual uh, stable of uh, simply syndicated shows. You've got Tech and Leave It, um, Do Ask, Do Tell, Atomic Trivia War 9000, Starbase 66, Movies You Should See.
0: So, uh, also, if you're listening to us via the medium, Mister Ian Tunes, um, please consider giving us a rate and a review. It helps us get out there, get to more people, and uh, touch some more ear holes in intimate places. That'll be nice. We'd like that. So, let's leave it there. Thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike.
1: And we shall talk to you
0: next time. It's dinner
2: time.